0: This episode of Commentary, Trek Stars, is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com trekfm. Hey
1: everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM.
0: Hello and welcome to the third season finale of Commentary Trek Stars, a show which deals with the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek. But today we're going to be doing something a little different. We're going to be looking at the work of Star Trek creators inside of Star Trek. All right. I am Mike. I'm Max. That's Max. And we are joined by a number of people from across the Trek FM network today. And slash planet. Yes, and Slash Planet. So, I'm going to try to go clockwise around the world and see if, if this works. you okay. have to
2: quantify it in some way. You can't just list
0: the names on the screen. No, you know, it has got to be some order. First no. up, in Indiana, is Drew from Standard Orbit. How's it going, Drew?
3: I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah, we're hey. glad you're here, too. Okay, next, over in, I'm going to say, New Jersey, is Jason... How's it going, Jason?
4: It's going pretty well, thank you. And indeed, that is correct, scenic New Jersey.
0: All right, and Jason is on the phone right now, which is why his uh, his his voice sounds a little like phone like. But uh, you know what? Who cares? All right, and Jason, you you do a lot of the uh, the articles for Trek FM and stuff, you or, or something like that, right? Am I right?
4: I have been um, in theory working on stuff for the animated series uh, area of the site. That had awesome. been um, uh, kind of sadly unincluded
0: until that point. All right. Now, next up in D.C. is Daniel from... What's the name? Earl Grey. Oh, there Here we, we go. go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I can't... There's to the too journey. many shows oh, on this freaking I, network. I listen
5: to some of your shows, but it's cool. It's, I mean, it's not a big
2: deal. Or no, anything, oh, so. no, I listen.
0: <laughs> I just don't know Names? Names? Earl Grey.
2: I still think it should be called Give Us the D. There you go. (laughs)
5: Um, Yeah, I don't know if that would have been entirely appropriate, but uh, yeah. Hey, how's it going? It's
2: the Enterprise D. I don't see the problem.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, and then your co-host on Earl Grey, see, I know, I know what these names are, is down in North Carolina, Philip. How's it going, Philip? Doing great. I'm glad to be here on Commentating
6: Star Shows. That's name right. is that? See,
0: that's fine. No one can keep our name straight either. You know, that's fine. You know, i I'm, I'm i I think it's because we we our, our our name is a joke. That's true. That's gone on way too long. Yes, yes.
3: I'm yeah. sorry that I agreed that it was a good title. <laughs> but you
6: came. Well, up I'm, with looking f- yes, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to the uh, uh, crisscross yeah. dedicated podcast commentary. Mac Daddy stars. So
0: that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Now he's going to have to like start that. a
6: crisscross show. Yeah.
0: If anyone is a fan of crisscross, you have, uh, you have a home on our, on our network. Warning, network,
6: the podcast will make you want to jump jump.
0: That's awesome. I think that you should be the host, Philip. All right. um,
6: I'm going to change my clothes real quick.
0: Okay. I look forward to listening to this in the past. Well, you can... Keep your the, your same clothes. You just put them on backwards, and then you're all good. No, yeah. no, like, you, no. You, thank you. That's, that's okay. not how it works. It's not
2: that. It's not just backwards clothes. Okay. There's a whole lifestyle to this.
0: All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> and finally, over in Japan, the man responsible for this whole big, uh, what would you call it? Ball of wax. What's the word? Enterprise? for Enterprise. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> From, from too many shows to. From too many to shows. Oh, come on. Yes. Name, name them. The Ready Room. He doesn't know them. That's uh, why he can't name them. The, the, the Warp <laughs> 5. The Orb. The Warp Literary Five. <laughs> Treks. Continuing Missions. Don't you mean The Continuing Missions? <laughs> <laughs> the Continuing Missions. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh,
1: man. All, all yes, of those yes. other things. You Lots know? of other shows.
2: Misk. Etc. <laughs> exactly. Star Trek. And
0: so on. Yes. Thanks all. for joining us, Chris. We really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, good to be here. It. Thanks for having me on. All right, so what we're doing today. Now, i freely admitting that I've stolen this idea from uh, Kevin Smith, who on his Batman show was talking about the Mount Rushmore of Batman and who he would put on it. And he didn't actually get into who he would put on. He was just saying that, you know, he... If you were to make a Mount Rushmore of Batman, Denny O'Neill would have to be on there, and I was like, "That's an awesome idea. We should totally do that for Star Trek." You know? Okay. So, today- and I said,
2: "That's not an awesome idea." And I said that's a, that's a, that's that's wrong, and I said it and, would and, it would make for and a completely good discussion, ridiculous. and okay. you said no, it wouldn't. <laughs> yes, and
0: then we debated who would be on the Mount Rushmore of Star Trek, and for I like said no one minutes. belongs on it. Uh, oh no, you were you were. I said
2: no one. There's oh, no, no good answer. Okay. <laughs> Every time you think about it, you will come up with different names,
0: <laughs> and yet it leads to a good debate. So sure. So it's the Kobayashi what we're do- Maru going to do today is, is is we're each going to give our our. Uh, our take on this topic, you know, and we're going to give our four names who we think should be on there, who contributed to star Trek in some way or another, which, you know, makes them stand above the rest. So I guess just to set the tone, I'll go first. Now, my first name is a name, which I imagine will be on everyone's list. Although maybe some people will surprise me. I'm going to start in order of when they became involved with the franchise. Um, Gene Roddenberry, Uh, this guy, he created Star Trek. He, you know, had a hand in writing most episodes of of season one of the show, so he really kind of shaped the original series. He created the animated series, as Jason, I'm sure, will tell you. Uh, He produced the motion picture, and he created the next generation. So, I mean, really, if there's going to be one person on this thing, it's going to be him, obviously. If there's going to be two people on this, on this thing, I it's think... It's going to be
2: him and old him.
0: Old him. <laughs> <is like> the <laughs> they are two different people, yes, that's yeah. true. But if you, don't, if you count Gene Roddenberry as one person, I would say that the next person on this, uh, this mountain would have to be Rick Berman. He took over the franchise from Gene Roddenberry and ran it. He really did shape the Next Generation era. Um, and he created more live action shows than anyone else in history, Star Trek wise. He created Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise, in addition to running Next Generation uh, during its sort of uh, glory years. Next up is going to be a choice which may be a little weird, especially for me, but I think it's deserving, and that's Leonard Nimoy. He really is the face of Star Trek. You know, anyone who doesn't know what Star Trek is. If you say Star Trek, the f- first person they think of is Leonard Nimoy. He's got the ears. He's got all that stuff. He's been there from the beginning. He was in the pilot all the way up through what is currently the end into darkness. Um, he's certainly the most iconic actor in, in the franchise. And uh, he directed two of the movies okay. in addition to you know having a hand in writing some of them as well. So he's he's my, my third face. And my fourth face was really tough because there were, as I see it, about five people who were in some way or another deserving of this slot. And after much debate, I decided that my fourth face would be Michael Piller because he really was responsible for turning Next Generation around in season three. Um, I, I have a feeling that we wouldn't care about Next Generation if it weren't for Michael Pillar. Does he have a baseball cap
4: in your version? Of
0: course he has a baseball <laughs> How cap. How do you sculpt that in he's, stone? He's got a North Carolina baseball cap. <laughs> you didn't cap. think this through. No, he's totally got that. Um, he, he also created two other series. In addition to Next Generation, You know his involvement in Next Generation, he did uh, Deep Space Nine and Voyager. And he was the showrunner for, if I'm not mistaken, nine seasons of Star Trek, which is well more than anyone else. So, for all those reasons and more, Michael Piller is my fourth face. So there you go. Gene Roddenberry, Rick Berman, Leonard Nimoy, Michael Piller. See, that didn't
3: go like I was expecting at all. I expected it to be TOS Shatner, movie Shatner, (laughs) animated Shatner... And uh, uh Ge- spoilers I don't even spoilers know.
0: dude, generation Generation Shadding. Shadding.
6: Shadding. Yeah. Yeah. A- <laughs> we're gonna need another mountain, fine, I
2: gotta write a new <laughs> list, you guys <laughs> I'm sorry,
0: all right, so Max, what have you got
2: um well, I actually did spend a lot of time trying to think about like if there is a good selection of people, mm-hmm. and I did go through a very long process of. There's absolutely no good selection of four people that actually reflects Star Trek in a positive way. It Any doesn't have to be in a
0: positive way. <laughs> and It and, has to be representative of the series.
2: And that, I think, is important because I think representative of the series is like representative of what the series is supposed to be about. And I think the whole idea of making a monument to four people is very anti-Star Trek.
0: Fair enough. <laughs>
2: And so, like, I thought the best way to go would be to take the ironic approach. And so I thought Khan. (laughs) Okay. Just Khan. One giant statue of Khan. Okay. The entire mountain is Khan. And, of course, it's Mikado Montalban Khan, because I just don't want to deal with that nonsense. Now, old (laughs)
6: Khan or young Khan?
2: like that's that's where that's where it got into the problem which is why i don't actually think that's the best option okay because like khan is kind of a complicated character has a long history and ultimately you end up in the question of like where are we in history with this khan because like are we saying like this is part of his empire he's ruling earth right now is that the idea are we trying to play into the history of the series and i'm like no i don't want to make this like an in canon reference You know, like, it has to be a statement about Star Trek and its role in society. And so I thought it has to mean something more than just, like, what the thing is supposed to be. And I eventually came up with the Borg Cube. The Borg Cube, <laughs> because the monument is is like be like like a, a monument is essentially a representative of an icon, like you know like be this thing. This is a thing to aspire to, and the whole idea of monuments <laughs> is essentially conformity. Like, aspire to this. Be like what people want you to be. The Borg Cube is the perfect monument to represent everything that Star Trek isn't. Is it to scale? But you
1: know, Max, doing a Borg Cube on the mountain is going to take a really long time because you have got to chisel every one of those little pipes. On the side of the ship, honestly, that sounds textured awesome monument. to me.
2: That sounds so cool. I would love that. I mean, meant like you could like you could actually tour that. You couldn't like just look at it. You could actually walk around in that monument. Mm-hmm.
1: That would be awesome. Plus, think about this. You know, over time, weathering will wear down the the monument on the mountain, but a Borg Cube monument will be able to repair itself. <laughs> He's got a point. Well, sure, sure. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's if economical like, in the long run
2: yeah i i assume like every little nook and cranny is going to have its own gift shop so like there's going to be people who are maintaining the uh the environment over time yeah. but i mean like that that was my that was that was the idea that i came with and then and then i was like you know ultimately it has to be it has to be faces just because it has to be you know doable and and i thought um you know kirk spock mccoy okay and none of my options have four faces. And Kirk Spock McCoy, I think, is a great thing because it's representative of Star Trek history. But I do prefer the board cube concept. I think that would be a cooler monument. I think it would mean more. I think it would be more representative of like what what Star Trek is about. I think when people stood there and like read the plaque about it, they would like, go, that is really interesting. I get this. But everything
6: else is just not interesting enough.
0: All right. Fair enough. Out, outside no, of the al- box thinking.
6: When there's a large group of people in front of the plaque, do they have to say it together? When they read No.
2: It? <laughs> no, that's okay. not what it's about, man. <laughs> that's about what it's not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So your final pick, then, would be what? Are you going with the, the Kirk, Spock, and McCoy?
2: I like Kirk, Spock, and McCoy just from a, like a sculptural point of view. I think it would be pretty. Okay. But I do prefer the board cube as a monument. Okay. All right.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Drew, I think you're up. What have you got? Let's hear this from the TOS perspective. Well, first I was trying to
3: think of Mount Rushmore, and it's like, that's the Founding Fathers, right? And I looked it up, and it's like, no, it's not. Like, Teddy Roosevelt's on (laughs) it. I don't know why these presidents are on this monument at all. But I I, I still had this Founding Fathers idea stuck in my mind. And so um, I picked Gene Roddenberry. As the creator, he's the he's the the George Washington. He he founded it and made it. And, uh, but but then I also have Gene Coon as as the second face because he I think he helped take Roddenberry to the next level. I mean, in in TOS standards, not not like TNG taking it to the next level, but just taking some of Roddenberry's ideas and making them reality. Uh and uh, then I've got DC Fontana because I feel like she helped take the characters from Roddenberry's. I've got these characters, they're friends. Maybe, I don't know. And then DC Fontana's like, no, they're friends and they form this triad and all that kind of thing. I like that, uh, and I like having a woman on there. And then uh, the fourth face, I went, I, I didn't know where to go, go back and forth. I eventually settled on Matt Jeffries because uh, he did all the, the design. He designed the original Enterprise. He designed the sets. And I feel like his, he helped bring the vision to the vision of the future. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's, that's my four. But uh,
0: All right. So we've got Gene Roddenberry, Gene Kuhn, DC Fontana, and Matt Jeffries. Right. All right. But, but sounds then like, sounds like a, oh no oh, okay. yeah.
3: <laughs> but then I was talking. <laughs> to her before before we started recording, and she's like your, your, your list is stupid, <laughs> and so so here's how it went. She said Shatner. Well, not not Shatner now. That would take too much rock. So so we've got <laughs> original series Kirk, original series Kirk, and then she's like and and then Janeway. Janeway? And then, and then Chicote, really? because it would be funny. <laughs> and then and then and I was like, you need a fourth one. She's like, Q. No, wait, <laughs> Odo. No, no, a oh. tribble.
0: A tribble. Okay. A Tribble. Okay. So we've got so, so according to, to your wife, it should be Kirk? T. O. S. Kirk. Shatner. T. O. S. Kirk. TOS Kirk yeah. Janeway. Chicote. And a Tribble.
2: Yes. I'm fascinated by the idea of sculpting a Tribble.
0: No, yeah,
3: this, is what cool, she would, this is why she picked those. She, she liked the idea of Odo because it would be really easy to sculpt. Because it's just kind of smooth. <laughs> you just kind of sand it oh, down. Oh, so she's
2: lazy about this. She knows that she's going to have to do it herself.
3: <laughs> and then, and then, but then she settled on Tribble because she thought it would be really funny to have you know three faces and then this puffball. Like maybe she thought maybe you could plant a bush. And like the bush yeah. is a Tribble.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool.
0: There's
2: tons of those all over the place.
1: <laughs> yeah, when, when when we lived in Nevada, we used to see Tribbles just blowing up the on-ramp to the highway all the time.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Say what?
2: Tumble you gotta
1: get weeds. on that, like you got a yeah. hand.
5: <laughs> Was there ever any Tribble roadkill then?
1: Yeah, from time to time. You don't want to get a Tribble caught up under your car, I can tell you that.
2: No, this is really unpleasant, you guys. <laughs>
1: Okay,
0: so so that's Drew. Very very much a TOS uh, type of list. So that's good. I okay. hope that
2: Matt Jeffries is on the monument at like a slightly weird height. So like you kind of go like, why is he slightly like lower than everybody else, but not like low enough to be comfortable? Like it's kind of at a weird place. Like everything he designed, <laughs> <laughs> slightly off what you'd think it should be. <laughs>
4: So this way you need, like, a diagonal access hatch to get from one part of the monument to the other, thus the Jeffrey's Tube. Of
2: course. I'm into that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There you go. That works. I'm into that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... uh, Actually, a Jeffrey's Tube monument would be pretty dope. (laughs) That that would be cool. That would be cool. That's the
3: playground in front of it. It's just (laughs) Jeffrey's Tubes.
5: Would Argyle still be inside, hiding? In there somewhere. <laughs> right. He runs, skeleton,
1: uh, he runs the gift <laughs> shop inside. Yeah. <laughs> the cafe. There's a distillery there, a little bar. <laughs> yeah. Get your gin. <laughs> all, all right. So I think
0: the next person would be Jason. So what, what have you got, Jason?
4: Okay. So I will confess that I did have some of those already announced. So, well, that's we're fine. In that's there, fine. You on, can. I no, no,
0: no, no. Okay, well, not, I mean, because, I mean, part of this, I think, is, you know, seeing where the commonality lies and whatnot, seeing if, you know, there is a, a if we can come up with maybe a Final Four at the end of this, so, you know.
2: How many other people have board Cubes on their list? Right, so who knows?
0: <laughs> so, so um, I mean, go, go with your, your originals, even if they are um, the same as, as what some other people said. Uh,
4: okay, well, um, initially, of course, uh, Gene Roddenberry, the great bird of the galaxy, can't have this without him. Okay. Um, William Shatner, because uh, he would not fit, because his ego is too large for any mountainside. That's a different matter. <laughs> um, of course, Rick Berman with his career in you know from one Star Trek series to the next. But then uh, David Livingston, uh, director of you know many of the various Star Trek incarnations, you know he's another uh, major force to, to be reckoned with. But then my alternate substitutions are just as interesting. Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, doing the music for many of the movies and Voyager and Next Generation. Um, also, Mark Leonard, uh, often overlooked, but he played a Rivalin, a Klingon, a Vulcan, a human, and uh, probably other aliens that I can't think of at the moment as well. Um, you know, from the series to the movies, I mean, he uh, uh, was quite, uh, quite ubiquitous as a yeah. character.
0: That's true. Um, da- David Livingston, that's an interesting choice. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, he's directed more hours of... St- no. Yeah, I think he's directed more hours of Star Trek than anyone else. Has he? Right? Uh, is more than Cliff Bull. Yeah, more than Cliff Bull. Okay. Cliff Bull's like number three or something like that. Cause I knew Bull's Livingston was
1: right up there in the, the top yeah. couple, yeah.
0: Yeah, Bull has directed more than anyone else in Next Gen, but I think Livingston okay. holds the record for... For the the overall franchise.
2: Now I like the idea of having a Jeffries tube and um, the Lionfish Livingston. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So
4: my last substitution, Fred Freiberger. Nice. Okay. He's another one who was, uh, you know, all of the uh, props on the Tos set were always referred to as Freibergers.
0: Yes. Yes. And he was, for those people who don't know, the, the guy who essentially ran the show in season three of the original series. That's correct. He's the guy who had to pick up the pieces after Gene Roddenberry uh,
3: Threw all the pieces to the floor shoot. and said, I'm, I'm done, and, <laughs> and he threw the
1: chessboard down. <laughs> right.
2: But apparently that narrative is slightly flawed, according to Mark Cushman. Of course it is. Something is off there. Yes. Maybe he was a monster. <laughs> Maybe he was some sort of Gorgon on the set trying to destroy the show.
0: <laughs> so, so just to summarize, uh, for your initial picks, we have Gene Roddenberry, uh, William Shatner, Rick Berman, and David Livingston, correct?
4: Yes, sir, that's correct.
0: Okay. All right. So we're now uh, about at the halfway point, and there's some people who haven't made the list yet, which I'm rather surprised by. But, Daniel, I think you're next, right?
5: Sure, if if you would want me to go, yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, all right, let's do that then.
5: So my first two are actually going to be, I know, of course, everybody's going to pick uh, Gene, um, but I'm going to actually pick the the power couple. I'm going to pick uh, mm-hmm. Gene and, uh, and his wife, because... Really, you know, she contributed so much as well. You know, if being in the very first episode all the way up into 2009, right? And she was featured in in every and everything. You know, she was she was there all the way through. So, mm-hmm. and and like Drew, I wanted to pick uh, a woman. So I I thought that was kind of important, kind of Star Trekky, sometimes thing to do. Um. So those would be my my first two. Then I also I had to pick between. Kirk, Spock, you know, uh, between Shatner and Nimoy. And I p- I picked Nimoy. Uh, that's, just, that's just personal preference. But either one of those would have worked. Obviously very important to the franchise as a whole. <laughs> but Spock, to me, is kind of representative of the original series. And being the TNG guy, I had to pick uh, Patrick Stewart, uh, Captain Picard, as my fourth pick. Because I don't know if TNG would have succeeded without him. And I don't know... If anything, could have come after TNG if it failed. So I think he's, he's kind of a, a pillar of, of Star Trek as, as we know it now.
0: Okay, so you've got Gene Roddenberry, Majel Barrett, uh, Leonard Nimoy, right? Okay, and then Patrick Stewart. Yes,
6: Correct. Sir Patrick, okay, Stewart. got
0: two, the two captains and the two Roddenberries. That's right, not bad, not bad.
6: Nice.
1: Mm. All right, the captains and the Roddenberries would have made a great band. <laughs> <laughs> it's it still could. You know? Well,
2: a good band for like one album. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Philip. I yes. think it's your turn. All okay. right. Okay.
6: Well, much like Mount Rushmore, I don't agree with his on Mount Rushmore either. I mean. You know, I'm not Jefferson, don't buy into the hype. And then TR, really? I don't know. So that's the way that I approach this Trek Mount Rushmore. I may not, like, really, you know, agree or like, but I I recognize what they did. So that's how I went. And obviously, you'll detect a theme. When I did my pitch to my Earl Grey co-host, they rolled their eyes because they said, you're always doing themes, you know, be creative for God's sakes. But I can't be, so. All right, so here it goes. I like themes. Yeah, you know, I'm very so
2: I hope it's the Night Rider theme.
0: <laughs>
6: uh, it was. Um it's actually a, a uh, it's a Door of the Explorer theme. No, that's... Uh, never that was the first <laughs> um, No. The, the map. Uh,
1: Swiper, stop the swiping. The backpack. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> backpack. <laughs> Captain, what course should I set? Let me ask the map. I'm Stella Cartography. lots <laughs> of dudes <laughs> know lots <laughs> about Door the Explorer. I'm Stella Cartography.
3: I'm <laughs> Stella, I'm Stella, Stella I'm Cartography.
6: Special guest star, Diego. Where would you like to go? <laughs> Oh, goodness. So, I have to... I mean, you know, I, here's the theme. Okay, first one, Gene Roddenberry. Yay, original Philip. I know it. So, my second one is Rick Berman. Okay, yeah, very original, just like everyone else. But you see where I'm going here. My third one, again, this I'm just having to, to pick what's out there, and this is my third pick, Ira. Ira Stephen Bear. Um, as, as you can see how oh, I'm I kind of doing, doing the spectrum here. Right? Um, and for my fourth pick, you know, because... You know, p- p- picking Gene, you get the beginning, you get the TNG. Picking Rick Berman, you get basically TNG, uh, DS9, Voyager. And then it, but Ira kind of represents that kind of special part of Deep Space Nine as well. And so, you know, this is the hard part for the fourth one. Do I go Michael Piller? Do I go Jerry Taylor? I'm like, no, for my fourth, I just have to, me, I just have to pick J.J. J.J. Abrams as the fourth pick to complete the Star Trek spectrum and continuum. So, because, I mean, I, I think all of them represent sort of the Star Trek spectrum. Everything that's, 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 I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I don't feel like picking on anyone. So I, everything good. I'm not going to see the that bad. All the good stuff about Star Trek. I see what you're yeah. saying though. Yeah. About how yeah. you I may feel not, like I
3: you may not agree with no, the choices.
6: Right. Well, I mean, I, mean, those I, mean, are I appreciate choices. all the works they did. Um, but I can appreciate, but to me, they definitely made Trek stronger. I mean, it's not like, like, you know, if people who don't like J.J., well, you can't say it, he destroyed the Star Trek franchise. He made two films that did very well, and he's making a third one. So, I mean, you can't really say, you know, whatever. So, but, but anyway, or, or Iris, you know, if someone doesn't like Deep Space Nine and likes Voyager and TNG, or someone who likes TNG and, you know, Voyager and doesn't like Deep Space Nine or, and Enterprise and all that. So, but I think those are my four choices, kind of representing everyone. Everyone can come to this mountain and stare at one face and ignore others. And still get something, and and buy at least one of the faces from the gift shop because we have lots of good choices here. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, is I, the
2: theme people who have very wildly mixed reputations?
6: It's actually potent potables
2: is
5: the category.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think I was kind of looking at it the same way as you were, Philip. You know, I mean, I, when I was making my picks, I wasn't picking my personal favorites. I was picking, you know, people who I thought were, you know had had the, the sort of largest hand in shaping the franchise, whether it mm-hmm. was for, for good or bad. And I did seriously consider putting J.J. on there. Um, but I just decided ultimately that even though that is an important piece of the franchise, it wasn't like a big enough piece.
6: Well, I mean, I, cause I, I, since we're going to do this on the existing Mount Rushmore, I assume, right? We're just getting rid of it. That way you don't have to change <laughs> sure. the TR spectacles. You just keep those for J.J. Just put them right there. There you go. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, but my or question if is, if you choose wait, someone from Ira JJ,
1: too. I would have chosen. I would have chosen Kienzer, and then you could also have the removable goggles that he wears <laughs> oh, when he wears
2: things. He's actually in a very. Can I he, don't think we need that kind of nonsense he, here. He's at a smaller mound. imagine amount?
0: how good the? Uh, can you imagine how good the Iris Stephen Bear sunglasses would look in there? <laughs> and then the whole thing is just going to be, you know, natural rock
1: color, except for his yeah. goatee, which Sip is right. goatee. painted well, plus, blue. Plus, you know, yeah. vandals who want to come and, and spray paint the mountain, they could just spray paint the blue goatee on. <laughs> every, every we could every make that like a, we, could, we could make it like a, a blue, like, waterfall or something like that. <laughs> oh, a waterfall <laughs> you know? beard. On St. Patrick's Day, yeah. his beard is green. So, yeah. Awesome.
2: Obviously, it's going to be plants. Okay, okay. It's going to be natural. Or we just give the kids crayons and let them go nuts. <laughs> And you go the to the gift shop.
6: Mountain. You're like, why? <laughs> yes. Why is all these Star Wars? Toys <laughs> there's a,
2: there's here? an intricate scaffolding to allow children to draw. On <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I don't see a problem with this. It seems totally reasonable to me, you guys. I don't get the problem.
0: <laughs> okay, so to summarize, Philip, you have Gene Roddenberry, Rick Berman, Iris Stephen Bear, and J.J. Abrams. Correct. All right,
2: something's wrong with cool. the audio because I'm pretty sure I'm not hearing the last one right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there is still there is still one person which I am shocked has not made anyone's list yet. Don't reveal but let's see it yet. If that, if that changes with Chris's picks, okay. Who well, you got, Chris?
1: Yeah, I think I think maybe I, I know who you're talking about, and I'm going to put them in here. Well, I, I was thinking first, so I wanted to take a creative approach to this. And at first Fine. I was thinking, Jonathan instead of <laughs> <laughs> just putting four heads up on the mountain, I thought it would be nicer to do it as, as a scene, kind of like a mural. And I was picturing doing it as the decontamination chamber on Enterprise, <laughs> if you remember there's that scene where they come back up, and even Porthos needs a rubdown. And so Porthos is on the bench. Archer is bending over to rub Porthos. T'Pol is rubbing Archer's back. And then Hoshi is rubbing T'Pol's back and like trying to take her shirt off or something in, in the image. You guys stop and laughing. He's being serious. <laughs> I thought that would look awesome on the side of a mountain. But it probably doesn't encompass the franchise as a whole. Well enough huh. for this little exercise depends so, on what um, you mean by whole. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, li- like Drew and Philip, you know, I wanted to, to choose a woman, and so of course my first one would have to be Robin Leffler. <laughs> because all right, all right. now is that Star Trek? You know, Frontier, I mean, or? <laughs> she makes she makes Darmok in the game watchable. She's the reason why Darmok, she must be the reason why Darmok is so popular among Star Trek fans.
3: (laughs) That was a head slap, ladies and gentlemen. That was Daniel's (laughs) head slapping.
1: I believe the way you refer to her
6: is Leffler as the Chris Stairs.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's an Intimarian, that is how you say it, so... No, seriously, my four, like I said, I, I wanted to take a creative approach to it, meaning the creative side of Star Trek. And so the first person is, is a duplicate of what some of you have said, which is Rick Berman, because I think that I really get disappointed when I hear so many Star Trek fans talk about how Rick Berman drove the franchise into the ground. You know, if it weren't for Rick Berman, we wouldn't have, the, we, we would have the next generation, but we probably wouldn't have Deep Space Nine we wouldn't have Voyager. We wouldn't have Enterprise. Uh, he worked really, really hard to carry the torch for Gene Roddenberry's vision, but at the same time allow Star Trek to evolve, and but keep it within a framework so that it didn't just completely, you know, jump the shark, jump the targ, as Klingons say. So <laughs> Rick That Berman, is what they say. I've heard that. That is what they say. Yeah. <laughs> I've you heard You have to that. be careful, too, because their backs are pointy, and if you, if you mm-hmm. don't make it then you have to go in the decon chamber uh, for a rubbed yeah. So Anyway, um, so Rick Berman is one, and then another is a duplicate, which is Ira Stephen Bear, because his contribution to Deep Space Nine and shaping that storytelling, I think, was really important for the franchise because you see more and more now a growing appreciation for Deep Space Nine because of all the series, it's the one that that fits more closely with television of today. And so when people come in and they watch it now, I think they can associate with the storytelling uh, and they can really get engrossed in it. And I think that can then lead people into other uh, areas of Star Trek as well. Plus, how can you not like a guy who walks around with a blue goatee on, right? (laughs) So Iris Stephen Bear. And then third is Michael Westmore because his his makeup work throughout all of modern Star Trek really created the entire visual identity of all the aliens and, and the, the races that we see on the show. And so when you see Star Trek on television, apart from the uniforms and everything else, that's one way that you really know this is Star Trek. Like This is a Star Trek alien versus this is a Star Wars alien or some other alien.
2: You could have him with Klingon ridges for, like, the real scholars to know what it's all about. (laughs) They'll be, like, explaining it to their families, like, no, I'll, look, it's not, that's not what he looked like. It's a whole thing.
3: Well, you wouldn't even have to, you wouldn't even have to, like, mold that, you know, like, to to chisel that out. You just leave the regular mountains...
0: Yeah, there you go. Oh, that would yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tour guide. Well, you know, what you would do is you would let him design his own forehead. Uh, Ruse yeah, all seem to
2: involve like less work. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to try <laughs> to, because to find a
3: shortcut to making these So I'm going to end up having to do it. So. Do you work for the Stone
6: Carver Union? Is that what this is? <laughs> <laughs> are you? Now, only if you did that, you would it take four
1: or five hours every morning to open the park so that you could see the mountain? You <laughs> got to put the mountain in the makeup chair. <laughs> on, so. nope. but, uh, there, every day. Then my final person is actually two people, but they're always together, so why not just chisel them right there together? And that would of course be Mike and Denise Okuda, because they are responsible for so much of the what we call okudagrams the set design, the the control panels, so much of the look of the show. They're they are the historians of the show. They're the people who know pretty much every detail of every prop or visual or anything that was was done on modern star trek and so i think that mike and denise have to be up there as well
0: all right so yeah. so for 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 chris definitely a, a a modern approach to the list we have um again rick berman don't oh, forget Dr. robin no, she, she was oh, the one robin you were Leffler. saying
1: that no one had mentioned yet right
0: yeah, right. Rob Robin yeah. Leffler. Okay. okay. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Robin Leffler, Rick Furman.
2: <laughs> How many times is she on the same <laughs> monument?
0: As many as she wants to be. Okay.
2: Okay, fine. She's
3: yes. laying down underneath all the big heads. There's just <laughs> oh Robin Leffler laying down. Whoa. Whoa. See, I, I, there are I, children I know, I know trying to
0: I... draw on this, <laughs> this monument. They're, she can't be laying <laughs> they have down. Have climb there. over Leffler. <laughs> No, I mean, in all seriousness, like, Chris, every time that you make a joke about Robin Leffler, I myself think, yes, he's right. <laughs> oh, wait, he's making a joke. Oh, that's too bad. Because he's right. Anyway. Well, am okay. I making a joke? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't get why people think Darmok is so bad. It, it's not it's, bad. It's, <laughs> got, it's the one where they introduced that jacket. <sighs> God. I love
1: that jacket, man. It's also I where do. they introduced Robin Leffler. Right, and it, I think so the it's the jacket, Robin rock, man. Yeah.
2: I love saying Shaka when the
1: wall." Who doesn't
5: love saying Shaka when the walls, fell? Mm-hmm. When the walls <laughs> fell"? Come on, people! Jeez.
1: Now that's a band name. That's the best quote. That is yes. a band name, right there. Yeah. Shaka so when the is. walls fell.
2: That's got to actually it be a band. Is a band. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's I'm, a German band.
3: I'm sure that it's an album <laughs> title. If it's not a band name, sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: that's a good point.
0: Okay, so aside from Robin Leffler, Chris, you have Rick Berman, Iris Stephen Bear, Michael Westmore, and Michael and Denise Okuda. That's right. Okay. So that's everyone, right? I'm not forgetting anyone? Okay. Okay, good. So, by my count, if we were to go off of, if we were being democratic about this and going off of uh, votes the four faces on this uh, on this monument. Again, I don't approve
2: of this process. Okay.
0: <laughs> what you're doing? Completely, completely wrong. That's because you're the,
2: the only endeavor. one that voted for the Borg queue. That's, yeah, the Borg would fine. definitely not do it <laughs> no, democratically. I, I, I think that there's no logic in, in in like how many votes a person got. Everyone has different reasons.
6: It's like recently. you're saying ratings determine sure. what kind of TV show stays in the air. I mean, that's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Then, just for, you know... Um,
2: just for your own need to classify everything and to define it mountain. so that you can assimilate it into just, your worldview.
0: Just as as a way of summarizing the discussion. <laughs> that
2: summarizing. Had. That's a good way of talking about uh, brutal discernment.
0: The four, the four faces would be Gene Roddenberry, Rick Berman, Leonard Nimoy, and William Shatner. I'm okay that's with not, that. That's not a bad uh, group. Yeah. Any 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 thoughts? Any any final thoughts from anyone? I kind of
2: think that I want to see like a monument that is like that is like not the faces, but like the things that are not easily definable. Like I like the idea of a Jeffrey's tube, <laughs> or like, 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 like the fans. Livingston fish, the Mutara or like nebula. Michelle Barrett's voice. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, like interesting ways of, of of representing like like the non-obvious parts of these people.
0: Fair enough. I mean maybe maybe the best monument would just be an enterprise.
2: See, I went I went th- back and forth on that. Yeah, I really like that idea. And like honestly, that would be the coolest looking one. Which, which enterprise? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Except for the board cube. <laughs> I don't know. That might be cooler than the board cube.
1: It would be, know, but if Daniel were in charge of the project, <laughs> it would never get made because he would be able to decide what kind of nacelles to put on it. You know, no which, bigger. Which...
4: bigger.
5: <laughs> it could just be. It could, they could. The whole mountain could just be nacelles. That Daniel, would be fine. there's <laughs> no more rock. <laughs> Waiting on the
6: cells. But it just, it just be two two parallel mountain ranges, each one being a nacelle? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs>
1: It would I be like easier to just do it your idea very much though it reminds me of those I, I can't remember the name of it anymore in Alabama I've been gone too long Caves. we have them um, <laughs> they are caves but there's a specific place in Alabama and you can go down you know under, in, into the caves and I can picture that as a instead of caves and just the path that you walk down, if it were Jeffrey's tubes and you did have to crawl all the way down until you get to the bottom and then there's a magic warp core oh, pond or something. That sounds under, like Nightmarish. You know, <laughs> well, BPA. there's this
6: brewery. It's really, I mean, it's, it's really great <laughs> stuff. <laughs>
3: and they give free beer at the tour. Yeah,
4: exactly.
0: Yeah. Oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, we re- we really do have a, a Star Trek monument already, and it's the Vasquez Rocks, isn't it? Oh, is it? That's true. I think it pretty you much is. Don't you yeah. have to do
6: anything to it except make sure it doesn't erode and yeah. fall over. Anyway,
0: all right. Well, well, that was that was pretty cool. Thanks to everyone for participating. I guess we'll just go around around the world again and uh, and
1: see if uh, where people can find all of you. Does that sound like a good idea? mm Hmm drew i like how you're going around the world with everyone in this tiny little slither of space <laughs> on the east coast of the u.s and, yeah. yeah and then we have to like jump
0: to the other side of the yeah okay well you know i mean it's it's the way it works so drew
2: okay. <laughs> it's the way it works it's the way it works. I, I mean, mostly by, by, everything is about america and sometimes chris, no. we mention someplace else Obviously by having chris here this
6: is a worldwide works. podcast <laughs> that's like the world series just by having a Canadian team
5: so Chris is our token non-American guy right now is that what you're saying Right. don't say (laughs) it much
4: you can find me on
3: twitter at 005 (laughs) d-o-u-b-l-e-o-f-i-v-e and you can find me on standard orbit on the other side of the network with Mike And you can find me on various other, all these people and their other shows. I'm on their shows a lot.
0: Okay. So, (laughs) Jason. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I can't keep track of this stuff. Jason. Jason, where can people find you on the internet?
4: Um, Most recently as Sci-Fi Guy NJ on Twitter. Um, And more recently as the production manager over on Star Trek Equinox uh, trying to uh, uh, make that the sand production
0: in reality. Fingers crossed. Yeah, it, it looks very promising. Yeah, and congrats on landing Stan Lee. That guy's really cool. Yeah,
4: that's gonna be that's gonna be entertaining.
0: Yes, it will. All right, Daniel, where can people find people
5: you? People can find me uh, on Truck FM uh, at Earl Gray. That's the name of the show, um, Mike. Just so you know.
0: Uh with thank, yep, you, yeah, thank no
5: you, with uh, with Philip. Um, actually, you've been on the show before, so I think you should. Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, I know where to find <laughs> it,
0: even if I don't know where what it's called. I know where to find it. That's all that matters. Um, all right. Where
5: we we talk Tmg every week, and then you can find me on Twitter as as well at uh, 1updan, and
6: that is the number one at the word. All right, and Philip, uh, they can find me at. The trek.fm site as well writing articles about tng and just finished my first voyager uh, article that's now on the website but you can also find me on earl, earl gray as well with daniel that's e-a-r-l-g-r-e-y <laughs> decaf or caffeinated um uh every week talking T- tng and uh my twitter handle yeah. is at nc public servant that's nc like north carolina
0: cool and finally, Chris, just to make it easier, where can't we find you? <laughs> <laughs> America.
1: <laughs> uh, no, the the easiest way to catch me if you want to chat is probably on Twitter, and my username there is c brian jones. The letter C and Brian with a Y. And then on the shows, um, there's literary treks, which is books and comics, Star Trek books and comics. Warp five is Enterprise, The Orb, Deep Space Nine continuing mission fan films uh matterstream our interviews about things that are kind of related to star trek uh and then the ready room every week with all you guys uh everyone here is on there from time to time and uh, that's star trek news and all the live action star trek series
0: excellent well thanks again everyone for joining us we really appreciate it uh you're all welcome back at at any time and, uh, yeah, this has been a lot of fun, and uh, I think I think it was an interesting discussion, and hopefully uh, hopefully, our, our listeners got something out of it, too. Well, that was a lot of fun talking to the rest of Trek FM about...
2: The wrong choices for a Mount Rushmore of Star Trek people, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. or the right choices, depending There's on the There's no your... right choices. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, but that's not all that we're talking about. This week on Trek FM.
2: We're not all talking about Mont Rushmores?
0: Nope. So here's <laughs> here's a, a, a taste of what you may have missed elsewhere on the network.
1: Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Dr.
4: McCoy with Larry But you know, when everybody else had their Kirk shirt or their Spock shirt, like the first uniform I had my mom make me was a McCoy uniform, of course. Earl Grey. The 7 7 Challenge.
5: Did you know that Tim Russ was one of the possible choices for Commander Joy of the But Wars? did you
6: know he was also in Star Trek Generations? But did
5: you know he was also served with Captain Sulu on board the Excelsior?
6: I did know that, in fact. The Orb.
1: Our yeah. man Bashir
4: Commentary.
1: <laughs> I love Avery. <laughs> Tell me what happens next. <laughs> and the look, the look up at an angle. He's yes. not even looking at Bashir. He's no. looking up at the angle. Tell me it's... what happens next.
6: The ready room.
4: Specter
5: of the, the guy. Guy. They just—they're so quick to jump to conclusions. Like the guy gets shot in front of them, and they're like, "Death is the only thing that's real on this planet." And they're like, "Wait a minute! How do you know that? That could just be a total figment of your imagination as well." To the journey! Favorite son commentary. Yeah, Janeway is... Uh, you better get more coffee, sweetie. It's gonna be a long day. Ensign Kim is gonna put you through some hell.
1: Warp 5. Alternate outcomes of the Zindi crisis. But inter- the Enterprise is heavily damaged. We're talking practically destroyed. Everything but a shell. Maybe the saucer section is the only thing that's still around. And... of the crew dies. Commentary, Trek Stars.
4: Rick Berman and Star Trek.
2: It's kind of a moving target, so he found some dimensionality. He made it into a cube, Yeah. so he was able to move things around in there.
1: A board cube. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Continuing mission.
4: Star Trek Equinox. John Savage actually came up with the premise for the story, but they needed somebody to flesh it out, to develop it, and... So oh, They sent me John's premise, and I just, well, it expanded into the script for the project that we're doing.
1: Melodic Treks.
4: The
5: in, in Music. music. In when, when they released it as a Blu-ray, they, combined them, they connected yeah. them, and there's the no features. delay. There's, they, they cut off that music, and then it's just like, oh, that didn't work. Literary Treks.
4: Rise of the
5: Federation, Tower of Babel. Saval talks about this idea that, you know, people mutually consent to abide by these rules for their collective benefit. The idea that, you know, absolute unfettered freedom is just a ridiculous idea.
1: And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm.
0: So check out these shows to get in on the daily Trek talk. Uh, You can find a new show every day of the week, sometimes more than one show um, all those people who you heard and loved just now you can find elsewhere on the network doing various things. Um, you can find us on iTunes on our new artists page, iTunes.com slash Trek FM. You can find us on Stitcher, um, Windows Phone, all the various Windows devices like TuneIn and all that stuff. Um, so many ways. Yeah. Right. Just go to trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory, and you can get all the links right there.
2: It is by far the, the most obvious one.
0: Yes. So, uh, so yeah, that was great. Now, Mount Rushmore.
2: I've heard that it's not as big as you'd expect.
0: I don't know. I've, I've been there. I've been, I was there as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, was, was a, it as big
2: as you expected?
0: You know, my reaction was pretty much the same as Bruce Dern's reaction in uh, in Nebraska. They go to Mount uh, Rushmore and he's like, Nah, whatever. Yeah. And then he leaves.
2: Uh, y- yes. And I understand what you're saying. You're saying that it is just a thing on a mountain.
0: Yeah, it's so far away that you can't even... Anyway, it doesn't matter. If, if you want some good uh, Mount Rushmore action, check out Alfred Hitchcock's... Alfred Hitchcock's North by Northwest. Really good movie. And well, it's they, a movie. And, and the finale, obviously, takes place on Mount Rushmore, so that's cool. Yes. Um,
2: also, the... Family how- Guy episode. It's pretty great.
0: However, you know there's there's a book here about uh, Mount Rushmore too, which you can find on what Audible. is an in depth
2: analysis of Mount Rushmore's creation.
0: I'm not sure. It's called Flat Stanley's Worldwide Adventures Number One: The Mount Rushmore Calamity.
2: Oh, God, I got to read that to learn more about how Mount Rushmore was made.
0: Well, luckily for you, you can get it for free on Audible.com since you're a listener on Trek FM. Um, here's a description. It's it's written by Jeff Brown, narrated by Vinny Penna. It's 38 minutes long, unabridged. Here's the description. The whole Lamb Chop family is off to see Mount Rushmore. But when Flat Stanley and his brother Arthur team up with a scrappy cowgirl named Calamity Jasper, their vacation turns into the Wild West experience of a lifetime. Pretty soon they find themselves in a real tight spot, even for a flat boy like Stanley.
2: This sounds fascinating.
0: It does, doesn't it? And you can get this for free on audible dot com since you're a listener on Trek FM. Audible is a place where you can find all of your favorite books. You know, whether they're old books, new or books, not old books. They've got like a hundred heavy books, light books. They've got like a hundred and fifty thousand books. Books on that are audible.com. far away, books that
2: are nearby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they've got like a hundred and fifty thousand books on audible dot com and uh since you listen to Trek FM, you can g- sign up and get your first book for free it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing you get a 30 day trial membership you can see what what audible is all about if you like it you can continue it's great just go to audibletrial.com slash trek fM and uh, sign up today again that's audibletrial.com slash trekfM for all of your flat Stanley needs alright well that's a wrap on season 3 uh, we will be back next week to start our brand new fourth season we'll find out whether or not one of us is coming back or whether or not we're, we're going to be a, be a Borg or whatever um, we're <laughs> going to be talking about our next Star Trek creator Larry Nemechek we we'll